Welcome to a new episode of Brahma Sports here on kpcradio.com. I am your host, Felipe Gamino. On our show today, we are joined by a man that has multiple hats with the football program. He's the assistant coach, he's the offensive line coach, and he's also the recruiting coordinator. In the studio today, we have Coach Blake Ward. Thank you for joining us, Coach. Thank you for, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so let's dive in right into it, and let's dive in right to the news. Uh, Saturday, there was a recruiting event for the football team. How did it go? Uh, I It went well. Um, we had a good amount of local kids, which is something that we've been making a massive effort towards. Um, we want to bring in more local talent um, to Pierce. Um, and, you know, obviously with bringing in local talent, that also brings parents and family. That brings in people to the stands, brings just more eyes to the program. So... Um, Saturday went really well. We're going to build off that, um, for the one in two weeks and then build off that for the last one and, uh, just go from there. But yeah, there was a lot of local talent, parents in attendance. Um, they got a good idea of the program, had a good conversation with coach Sims, had position meetings. So, um, I'd say it was a success, definitely room to grow, but it was a success to start with. I know this might be a little bit too early, but what are the expectations for the fall? Um, expectations i think for for us and something that coach sims is kind of hammering on right now is obviously we'd like to get our numbers up from where they were last year so that the recruiting has been a big part of that um i think we've we've had about 40 to 45 kids in the weightlifting class that's been started and the i think it was a late start around like end of february um so that already right there is more kids than we fielded our last game which i think we ended up suiting up 25 kids so um Numbers is a big thing for us. Um, we've made a couple of changes on the coaching staff. Expectation-wise, we, we expect to compete. Um, you know, they they kind of revamped the divisions. I don't know if you saw that yet, but they revamped the divisions. So we're – I'm not going to say that we're in a winning situation, you know, because obviously we don't know what we have yet. I don't want to put heavy expectations on it, but – um, we definitely expect to compete and we definitely ex expect to build off the foundation that we created last year. So um, excited about what's going to happen in the fall. So I know, and I spoke with Coach Sims multiple times, he told me that, uh, of course, overall records, they might reflect in a way, but of course the overall goal is to get these kids out to the next level. But record-wise, do you feel that this team is going to be better overall? You know, it's it's hard to say right now, right? Because right. we're still in the middle of recruiting. Um, obviously, the kids that we've got on campus, we feel like are program changers. So mm -hmm. for us, we made a big effort on recruiting, um, you know, 2022 kids, which is big for us. That's, you know, we don't really have much room to play in terms of waiting for them to get on campus. So we have them on campus. Um, we actually had a couple of transfers from local JUCOs, um, which is big for us. You know, being a team that went 0-10, you don't really think that people would want to come here and play. But I think the one thing that kind of stood out was the fact that we are getting kids out at a very exceptional rate for what we produced on the field in terms of wins and losses. So um, it's 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 huge for us, to be honest with you. So let's dive into you for a bit. Uh, how did you first get into football? So uh, I, I started playing football, I think, when I was like five years old. I, I've always been around the sport. My dad is a huge football fan. Uh, he was also a high school football player. So um, kind of from there, that was that was kind of what I built off of. And I ended up playing. I played all throughout elementary and middle school. When I got to high school, I played at Chaminade Local. It's, uh, you know, West Hills over here. So mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I had a lot of fun years playing high school football there. Um, I ended up coming to Pierce for two years, uh, in 2013, 2014. And then, uh, you know, it's one of those things when you're, when you're around something for so long, um, and you just stop suddenly, you know what I mean? Uh, you end up missing it a lot. And I think that's where my coaching career started because I was away from football in general, I think for two years. And, uh, for certain points in my life, it was an escape, if that makes sense. So not having that avenue um, was was tough at times. Uh, so I, I had contacted, I think at the time it was Jason Sabolik, who was the head coach. Mm-hmm. He let me come on as like an interim basis, kind of help out, and I just built from there. I was going to ask you about, you know, how did, did coaching ever crush your mind when you were playing here at Pierce? Uh, once your time was uh, done here at Pierce, did you have any offers to move on, or were you, did you just call it a career? Uh, I did. I had uh, several offers to play at the Division One level. I took uh, a couple official visits. Um, I had a couple Division One offers, but ultimately, um, I decided that I wanted to put football down, at least as a player, um, and start working professionally. So at the time, I ended up going through law enforcement for LAPD, mm-hmm. um, and so that was big for me. That was always one of my life goals. So um, stopped football for that, in a sense. So. What advice from your former coaches sticks with you today? That's a good one. Um, to be honest, it, it, in terms of like word of overall advice, um, it's hard to remember like just specific, you know, things that they've said, but it's more of like life lessons for me. Um, I think as you as you play football and you, you grow up around it and you play it for a long period of time, you end up trying to become that leader, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you build those leadership skills. Um, you kind of build off of that. Um, it, it's hard, man. Like it's it's something I feel like it made me a, a very it made me very good professionally in certain in certain circumstances. Um, I I right now am, am a little bit of a, a I guess higher up in, in the company that I'm at. So like team building, team bonding, that leadership, having structure is something that's very big for me. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken away from football was just how to lead a group of diverse individuals, how to lead a group of people that range from all different ages, races, and all kinds of things. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from football. So when you were here at Pierce, and you were mentioning this to me before we went on air, you were here in 2013 when the program won the last, when they got their last ring. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was the American Division Bowl. Yes, sir. Uh, so, and I know that was under Coach Martinez, Coach yes. Efrain Martinez. So, yep. from Coach Efrain Martinez to Jason Sabalik, um, did how did you uh, uh, adapt to their coaching styles while you were here as a player? So that that's actually a very good question because each one of them poses their own different kind of way of approaching the situation. So, with Coach Martinez, he was in like a professional situation, like a manager, right? Mm -hmm. He was very good at the back end stuff. He was very good at, um, obviously the recruiting part. Like we were, we were a powerhouse when, when coach Martinez was head coach, but he, he let his assistant coaches kind of be the leaders of their groups, which is something I think you should do. Right. Um, if you trust your assistant coaches, you should be able to trust them to kind of handle their things. Um, with Sabolic, Sabolic was involved pretty heavily because he was the offensive coordinator. So everything on in terms of the team obviously ran through him, but the offense as well. And Sabolic was 
Sabalik was a mastermind to me. Um, he was actually one of the people. He was the first person I came to when um, I wanted to coach because I wanted to coach for him. So, um, but Sabalik was very involved with Coach Sims. Um, it's 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 not necessary. It's a mixture of both, if you know what I mean. So, like, he's involved, but he's very good at the back end stuff. He he handles the. Um, I guess the like admissions and and that those kind of departments, the counselors, the VP, he handles right. all that like a masterclass. Um, as a coach, he he's the same way as kind of Martinez. Sometimes he likes to let his assistant coaches kind of take over, do their thing. He steps in when he feels it's necessary. But like last year, he had to kind of be a symbolic because the offense went through him. So I think this year, like we've already hired an offensive coordinator, um, and so I think this year, Coach Sims is hoping to kind of not take a step back but just kind of be more of an overall team, team be involved more in the overall team aspect and having to focus so much on offense um, as opposed to being able to, to kind of take care of everything, if that makes sense. They all kind of have their own things. And then Sims is a mixture of everything. So take me to that uh, season in 2013, that championship game. Uh, how did it feel overall to put on the pads, especially for a big game like that? It was awesome, man. I, I We played Chafee College at Chafee. Um, we had an outstanding season. I believe we were 8-2 and two going into that game. Um, a lot of studs, a lot of players. It was probably one of the most fun teams I've played for. I had so many friends on that team. Um, it was it was just a lot of fun, and putting on the on the pads for that game was, was special because of just where Pierce is at. And even it's a, a little bit more special for me, right, because – Pierce hasn't done that since 2013. So for me as a coach, obviously I don't want 2013 to be the last time Pierce got a ring. So I guess for me now, I would like to build off that and bring a ring back to Pierce. And I can say I was involved in the last two, you know what I mean? Um, but that game overall was a lot of fun to be a part of. It was a very good game in general. Um, and then obviously, you know, winning, getting that ring is a little sweet too. So it's a, it's a nice moment. So, so you played offensive line? Uh, during the uh, so with them, I was actually um, I played a little bit of tight end, and then my main thing was long snapper. So long snapper. that's kind of where where I, I ended up when I got out of high school. I focused on that and uh, tried to be the best that I could be. And uh, I think I was actually the only junior college long snapper in the nation to get a Division One scholarship, which is awesome. So you're speaking about day one, and I know this program has sent a lot of day one kids out there. Uh, I mean, just recently we had Charles Yates, uh, if I'm not mistaken, committing to Arizona. That's yep. huge, massive. Uh, so when uh, Coach Sims took back the program in 2022, after all that had happened, uh, 2017, when he was in the 2018, the administration went with someone else uh, until uh, just last year. Uh, how did it feel to get that phone call again? From Coach Tim to say if you want to come back on board. Oh man, I was excited. I um, you know, in 2018, I think there was. <laughs> I got to be politically correct, I guess, at certain <laughs> points. But in 2018, we felt like we were done very wrong, and we felt like right. we were building an absolute powerhouse at Pierce, and to have that taken away from us by the former AD was just, it wasn't right, man. Um. And so I had been checking in with Coach Sims, you know, periodically, just checking in on the program. I'd come by and see my guy sometimes. And um, then the rumbling started and, uh, you know, everything that was going on with Coach Harris. I was like, hey, you get in there. I'm your first call. 
And uh, you know, I every every like other week I check in with him, what's going on, what's going down, and then I got that call and you know, he's like, You ready? And I said, Ready for what? And he's like, I'm back. And uh I knew from then I'd I'd been waiting. I, I left here, coached at Shamanad in twenty nineteen. Um, took a took a couple years off, um, to focus on work and then when I got that call I knew I knew it was time to get back in the game. Get back in the game. Yep. Yeah, so 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 basically, you know, um, you're very close with Coach Sims. Basically, that you know, you immediately took that call right off the bat. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, and I know I'm going to take it back to 2019 because this was this whole situation unfolded here. This thing that was made nationally. Yeah. Uh, the investigation to the football program with, uh, with a former coach. Uh, yep. That's now suing the district. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, basically, um, when you heard about what had happened with that program in 2019, um, what was your first reaction to that? So, it, it's hard because, I, like I said, I, I had checked in with Coach Sims, right? I obviously, we felt like we were done wrong, so I was checking in just to see how the program was, just to make sure that what they felt like removing Coach Sims and replacing him with Coach Woods was necessary. And to me, what I was hearing, it was not. Then when I saw the news, I got sent the article from multiple players. Um, can I say I was surprised? No, because I had conversations with Coach Woods, and I was not a fan of him, just to be completely honest. Um, I didn't like his approach to me. He seemed very cocky. Um, and so when I got that, I was I was hurt for the kids because I knew what was coming. And to be honest with you, I thought they were going to shut the program down. Um, but I just... It was it was one of those bittersweet moments in life where you're just kind of like, I told you so, right? To do what they did to to Sims to then go hire Woods and have that happen and be national news on ESPN and not in a good way is just one of those moments in life where you just kind of sit back and take it all in. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to the reporter who covered that story here for the roundup, Ariel Saletsi. I mean, if you're listening. Or probably you'll listen once the show goes up. <laughs> Shout yep. out to you. Um, because she really stepped up to the plate. I mean, because I first found this out from one of the former coaches um, for Woods. And and she said, I've been following up on that story for a year. And I'm like, let me cover. I'm like, yep. you have my blessing. <laughs> and listen, for, for her to do that at Pierce College, knowing that at that time what happens politically here you know what i the mean for, for that for her to stick her neck out like that was absolutely amazing on her end and it should not i'm glad you called her out on that because she should be given every ounce of credit for doing what she did sticking her neck out bringing awareness to what was going on in the program at that time absolutely love that girl i've had a couple conversations with her <laughs> um yeah, I I'm very 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 happy for her. I know she's doing well right now. I follow her on Instagram, so <laughs> glad to see her doing well. So yeah. I'm glad you shouted her out. Yeah, I mean, it took guts really. Yeah, especially a lot, especially because you know some of the players they were not too happy with that. They were like throwing newspapers away. They were like threatening some administration. I'm like, yep. what are you guys doing? It is what it is. I mean, like, okay, but like that's uh. Cause I know I, I noticed the cap. Uh, you're from Chicago, you're Chicago White Sox fan, yes, sir. And uh, I know the uh, 2023 NFL draft is coming up next uh, month in Kansas City, and there's a former Brahma involved, Jaime Vicente Colon. I'm sure you met him. Yep. Yeah. Um, Coached him. 
Oh, you coached him. There you yeah. go. Yeah, you coached him. So uh, he's the only Brahma that's going to be in that draft. And uh, what are your expectations for him heading in, into this draft? And uh, realistically, where do you see him playing professionally? NFL, XFL, USFL? It's it's hard, right? Because if I if I'm correct, I believe he went to Lake Erie, which is a mm-hmm. D- Division two, right? Right. The NFL has scouts on all regions, everywhere you can imagine, that do their due diligence on D one, two, three, and NAIA. So he he will have eyes on him, and I mm-hmm. I don't doubt that at all that he will have, you know, some sort of contact. He's already in a harder position coming from a Division Two. You don't hear too many times Division Two unless they're just an absolute freak athlete or whatever, right? So right. he's fighting an uphill battle. But if there's anybody I know that can fight that battle, it is Jamie. Um, he He's a very good, kind-hearted kid who works his butt off no matter what. You tell him to do something, he does it. Um, realistically, as, as, a, as a Brahma, as a former player here now a coach i'd love for him to go number one overall you know <laughs> but um, we would all love that <laughs> oh absolutely but uh realistically i i think for jamie um i don't i don't know if he's gonna get drafted because like i said he's fighting an uphill battle but i do think that he's deserving of some workouts in the nfl mm-hmm. um Jamie is one of those guys that plays a very tough position. He's kind of like a tweener role between a linebacker and a safety. He loves to hit. He can cover. But body-wise, he's not the prototypical, you know, 6'3", 220-pound safety, all that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think for Jamie, he, he needs to get those workouts and see um, what he's going to be dealing with. You know, you're in an uh, NFL workout with NFL players. You're you're going to be around that. I think he fits well in the XFL. I think he, he could potentially fit well in the CFL. Um, I hope he continues playing because he is a very good kid. He's a very good athlete. Um, and like I said, I wish nothing but the best for him. So I, I hope um, I hope whatever his path is, is the correct one. And I, I hope it's uh, beneficial for him in his future. Definitely. So uh, just because you're speaking for as a former player, um, and of course there are many former players. Of course, Travis Coons is playing for the Vipers. Yep. Uh, Coached him. You coached him, Blaze Aldridge. Coached, coached him. him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, last, well, I know I, two weeks ago I said on the show that he was playing for the Pittsburgh Maulers without realizing that the week before they had released him. So, uh-huh. yeah. So uh, let's see where he ends up. Um, have you kept in contact with any of those former players to see how they're doing and see how? From 2018? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my That year I coached an offensive line and I was run game coordinator. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing with me as a coach is I – like I said, I'm young. I just got out of the junior college situation. I know what it is. I know what it feels like for them to be in that situation. So I try to relate as much as I can. So I think for me to be classified, it's it's like a player's coach. So I love building those relationships. I love knowing that my – I love telling my guys that they know that they can reach out to me at any moment, whether it's for career advice, life advice, football advice, anything. I'm here for them. Uh, I think to this day, I still have all my offensive line either on Snapchat or Instagram or, you know, they text me and they they give me crap sometimes about my bears. It's looking up, looking up. We had a good free agency today. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things I think that people kind of neglect sometimes and don't realize that football is a brotherhood. And even as a coach, you you try to put these kids in a position to succeed. And um, when you. 
when you're able to do that and you're able to send them off to college, knowing that they're, they not only get to continue playing football, but they get that education. I love checking in on them. I love making sure they're all doing well. They always, when they come to California, I'm probably one of the first people that gets a DM coach. I'm in your city. I'm like, what you want me to do? <laughs> so I, I, I love that. Um, even like this year's group, I I'm so excited for Carter and all the guys I built relationships with. I, I just love seeing them succeed, man. So how would you describe your personality on the sidelines as a player and now as a coach? <laughs> um, that might be a better question for Coach Sims. But for, for me, I think uh, I'm a model citizen as a coach. Mm -hmm. A few curse words here and there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really hurt nobody, man. But um, I, I love getting hype with my guys when they make a good play. I love getting excited with them. I'm the one that, you know, we get an interception or a touchdown as they're running off the field. I'm the one running on to, to jump in the air and – hit shoulders, dab them up, whatever I got to do. Um, I try to keep everything on, on the sideline as loose as I can, make sure that they're not too much in their head. Um, yeah, and, you know, sometimes you got to get on guys, but when you build that relationship in the spring and in the summer, um, they learn to have that respect. So when you get on them, for some people, it may seem like, oh, it's, that's a little too much, but for them, they know where it's coming from. You know what I mean? They know it's coming from a good place, so. So, so uh, as a player in that championship game in 2013, do you remember that last play that gave you guys the championship, or was it the interception, <laughs> or like no, when, when you're in? Uh, when you're I, to be about... honest with you, I I really don't. I uh -huh. just remember that it was Chafee. I know it was a close game. I want to say towards the end of the game there was an interception or something that kind of sealed uh -huh. it for us, right. or something, and we just went crazy on the sidelines. Man, it's one of those euphoric feelings as. As a player, you hope to get to that level one day. And at Chaminade in 2011 and 2012, um, we made it to like the division championship game and lost both of them to the same school three and a half hours away. It was just gut-wrenching stuff, right? So to be able to have that at Pierce and, and get that ring my next year, it's a bittersweet moment because I wanted it at Chaminade, but I'm glad I got it here. You still, you still bring that ring around? Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I wore it on Saturday. Oh, you wore it on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I got I listen, we're we're building here, right? We're building <laughs> we're building a program now and and for the future. So I want people to know what what do we want to win championships? Yes. Is it the main goal? No, recruiting is, but um, you know, it'd be nice to get a ring, man. It'd be nice to get, you know, I I got 10 fingers, right? I'm probably not going to fit anything on my on my thumb. So I got eight yeah. others. So, <laughs> you know, I got one. I'm seven away. <laughs> trying to take out Brady, so are you trying to take out Brady? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, who knows? He might be back. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not every gonna, year we're gonna. I, every, this. every year we're gonna get yep. this uh, storyline. So, uh, last question: like, How do you want to be remembered in, from your time up here? As a coach, or, yeah. As I'll, I'll say it as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. I think for for me, it's a, it's a very loaded question. So, uh, I'll I'll make this quick, right? Um, I think for us, I whether I'm here for another year or whether I'm here for 10 years, I want to lay a base foundation for success in this program. Um, I've been around a lot of toxicity in this program. Um, my second year as a player was not fun. My first year coaching was not fun. In 2018, I started with Sabolic. I ended with Sims, you know, obviously you know what that means. Um, and then what happened with 2018 afterwards it's just it's one of those things where there was just so much toxicity so much negativity around this program and um i want to build a powerhouse but a local powerhouse we love the out-of-state kids i love giving kids from different states opportunities 
Um, but for me, I, I want those local kids that are getting overlooked, that are playing at maybe lesser programs than, you know, like the 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 Shamanage or the City Power Birmingham. Like I want those kids to have an opportunity. Some of them are not being coached properly. Some of them are not being helped recruiting wise. And for me, it's it's hard seeing that. But it's one of those things where we want to build and create and lay a foundation. That way, if me and Sims are no longer here and this coaching staff is no longer here, they can continue that success than, than rather than have the up and down that the culture has been here. You know what I mean? Um, as a player, it's very hard. It was hard for me to see as a coach. It's even harder because you kind of realize that at certain points it's messing with athletes' lives, and that's not okay to me. So um, I'd like to be remembered as, as part of – the solution i think you know what i mean for i i want to be the person and be here with sims and be here with this coaching staff that turned it all around and created that success and that foundation at pierce college fantastic we want to thank coach blake ward for joining us here in the studio for game updates and news make sure you visit the randomnews.com and you follow us on social media at random news at random sports and of course you follow the radio show account at Brahma Sports. This is Felipe Gamino with KPCRadio.com. Thank you all for tuning in.